Good morning and welcome to episode 31 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm glad you're here. So I wanted to just quickly say thank you to everybody who is listening to the podcast. It's super exciting to watch the numbers grow, to get the text messages, the emails, all of the feedback from the show. I love it. I'm super excited to keep going with this and I'm super excited to bring you the next string of guests and we've got some really, really cool designers and really unique illustrators that we're connecting with. It's awesome. So let's get into today's show. Today's guest is Gabe Fajeda and that is the correct Portuguese pronunciation. Yeah, I've been practicing. He was born in San Paulo, Brazil. He's now residing in San Francisco. He's currently working on projects with the Google Brands Studio. And I love the story where he shares about his first sort of vision or first seeing design out in the world. And um, I didn't know this, but apparently San Paulo is very, very graffiti artist friendly. Um, they almost use the city and tunnels and bridges and things like that as um, showcases for the work for, you know, for three months at a time or six months at a time. And if you Google graffiti art San Paulo, holy cow, there is some amazing work. So definitely go Google that. But first, you need to listen to Gabe in this interview. He's amazing. He shares his story. I love chatting with him. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabe Fajeda. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Gabe, how are you this morning? I'm doing all right. Thank you. Awesome. Are you ready for the Quickie? I'm ready. Attaboy. Uh, briefly tell the listeners about yourself. So um, I'm a graphic designer born in Brazil. 13 years ago, I moved to California, spent 10 or so years down in the LA area where I went to school, went to college and worked at a few firms. And now I'm living and working in San Francisco for the last couple of years. Got it. And you get out surfing twice a day? <laughs> uh, it, it's so hard to get in the water here. It's it's really hard. It's way too cold and not really my thing. But uh, right. I'll try. Uh, I, I try. I try. Wrong I part of California, maybe. Wrong part of California. Yeah. <laughs> too many sharks. All right. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, what was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood? And if yes, what made it that way? I think my my childhood was more. Um, athletic than, than creative. My, my parents kind of emphasized, I think, the importance of sports and being a, being an active person. So mm -hmm. I remember playing a lot of sports, but I do remember uh, creativity in there as well. Uh, we played with a lot of Legos. We watched very little TV, played little to no video games, mm -hmm. and uh, there was always paper and kind of crayons and pencils all around the house for us to draw. So I do remember spending a lot of time drawing uh, reading. I loved um, cartoons. and um, So I think it was a kind of a mix of playing sports and, and doing so-called kind of creative things. Okay, now this is the really important question. When you were uh -huh. building Lego, yeah. what were you building? 
what we're trying to create? Uh, most, well, two things. I would try to build the tallest possible building. Yep. Uh, like, you know, just stacking things until they collapse, which I think Classic. is kind of a natural <laughs> thing for kids. And I was also obsessed with building soccer stadiums. Soccer oh, stadiums cool. and, and, the, and the little cars, you know. So we were just essentially, but by soccer stadium, it, it literally means it's, it's a box. You know, I, I just build a giant kind of rectangle thing and then I <laughs> call it a soccer stadium. So that, that, that was my, uh, those were my go-tos. That's cool. I was a car guy trying to build cars yeah. and trucks. That was my thing. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, cars were. Car, I, I loved cars too. I actually, I was obsessed with Formula One. Um, mm-hmm. Not as much anymore, but uh, from time to time, I actually go go karting with coworkers as well, which is a good way to kind of get away from design. It's that competitive side. You show them what you're made of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, what do you think led you to becoming a designer and getting into this creative field? Um, there, I think there are a few things. Actually, uh, when I was when I was a kid, my dream was to be a soccer player. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to be a painter. My my kind of my naive mind at age you know eight was that I would play practice and play games, and then on my downtime I I paint, which was actually feasible really. But mm-hmm. not many people do it just for for whatever reason. But so I think there was a bit of me that wanted to be a some you know an artist of sorts. Um, then in. At some point in my life, I think someone noticed that I had some talent for it and suggested I take art classes, so I did that a bit. And um, In high school, I had to take a, choose an elective, and I chose this class called Contemporary Media and Art, which is okay. essentially learning how to do Photoshop and Illustrator. And, and uh, through that class, I discovered there was something called commercial art, and then we learned about how Andy Warhol started in that path. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. There's There seems to be a... Uh, some space in the industry for for this mix of kind of art and, and, and business or art and, and digital kind of ways of, of creating it. So that kind of intrigued me. And uh, in talking to my profet or my teacher at the time, she she mentioned you know you can study graphic design. It's kind of what this class is anyway. Um, and then um, that's what really started my my career. I also always loved drawing letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think somehow that must have influenced some interest in typography there. Interesting. Now, do you do that now in your freelance career? Do you do a lot of sort of hand-illustrated typography? Uh, not really hand-illustrated, but I do like uh, typefaces quite a bit. I've, I've done. I've finished drawing one now, uh, but not really hand-illustrated. I, I kind of I, I don't work much with my hands, <laughs> uh, sadly or, or fortunately. I haven't decided yet, but yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, the, the sketching, of course, but not really like uh, hand illustration is definitely a weakness of mine. Mm-hmm. Got it. So then take us back to when you first started noticing design out in the world. What did you start seeing? So um, I think a really fond memory that I have of design in the world was I grew up in Sao Paulo, which I, I don't know if you've been to Sao Paulo, but no, I, I haven't had the, the pleasure. First, yeah, the, the the first thing that people notice is that there's graffiti everywhere, like literally every single corner. If it's not graffiti, it's just straight up tagging. But there's some sort of kind of lettering on walls, you know. So I think that that was the first moment that I realized it. And um, there's there's tons of tunnels in Sao Paulo as well, and because there's so much traffic in them the city opens up the walls to graffiti artists to paint um, kind of comic book, not comic books, but like comic strips. So as you're stuck in the, uh, yeah, it's cool. So as you're stuck in traffic, you're kind of reading this, this comic book that's painted on the wall. 
and from time to time they'll um, they'll, they'll they'll switch it out. You know, like they'll they'll, they'll have open open space, then they, they display it for three months or whatever, six months, and then they kind of open it up again, and you no know, people come in and paint all over it again. So that was definitely um, a fond memory that I kind of that I have of seeing design and seeing it in kind of in a, in a real space. That's cool. Um, so they basically opened up the tunnel to become an art gallery of sorts. Yeah, not just tunnels, but things like uh, under under bridges. There's a ton of bridges there as well. So like mm-hmm. they'll open up all the kind of the, the columns and the pillars that support these bridges and people paint them. Um, there's overall, there's a good cultural scene there. So there, there's plenty of uh, kind of design to be around. Also, uh, there's a lot of Oscar Niemeyer buildings in Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is called the um, um, Copan building. And this building is like kind of undulating skyscraper thing that always caught my attention. I'd see it every week and go into my grandma's house. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's architecture, but I think in, in it's somewhat in the same realm and it, mm-hmm. it you know, like captivated me. Hmm. Okay. I wonder, I'm now I'm curious if some of those answers lead into this next question here. Yeah. Um, what has been an, one of the most influential designs of your life so far? Um, either something you've seen or something you've been a part of. Um, well, there's a, there's a few things and they're not always necessarily, uh, design related. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to think, um, I I remember watching a David Bowie documentary and he said something along the lines is for every project of his, he would just assemble a crew of people that he thought had the right talents for that specific kind of genre or, or style or vision that he was, Mm -hmm. that he was going for. And I remember that really kind of speaking to me just because he, he, he's, his music kind of spans so many styles and so many genres and so many eras that, and and to think of it in in that way was, I was like, wow, that's a cool way to think of design as well. You know, if I can think of my, my life or my career in terms of these projects that, um, that are either partnerships with certain people or, uh, uh, collaborations i thought that that was a that, that really shifted my perspective quite mm-hmm. a bit um that was pretty cool um there's this uh, designer storm thorgerson he had a studio called hypnosis he did all the uh, led zeppelin covers he did a lot of pink floyd covers a lot of peter gabriel covers some uh, muse album covers and they're all fascinating they're all uh you know dating back to the mid 60s and <clears throat> If you look at them, you'd think that they were done today, just because the the, the level of the work is so good. It's it's so it, the images are so powerful. I remember mm-hmm. that having a strong impact on me as well. Uh, when I was when I started out in design school, I was I was really obsessed with uh, Massimo Vignelli's work, m- more so the philosophy behind the work than the work itself. Um, his whole thing is, you know, if you, if you can think of design as a discipline and, and a way of thinking. Then you can apply that way of thinking to so many things, anything from furniture to to buildings and, and churches and you know books. And I think that that's something that I that I value quite a bit that that way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So those are those. I mean, of course, there's so many more, but I think uh, to give you three, I think that's uh, uh, that's three good ones there. Hey, that's definitely good answers for sure. Um, so what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Yeah, I think by, by far <laughs> uh, was <laughs> when I, when I uh, finished design school. 
I, it was uh, 2014 May, and right away I started working at a, a free or not freelance. What do you call it? Uh, interning at a place up in um, in Beverly Hills at a mm-hmm. studio that was pretty renowned there and it's pretty well known in the LA area and actually the US too. And um, uh, and I was there for about a year and a half, and it actually ended up being a, an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, only because the, the 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 way the place was run and, and the, kind of the, the ego and the and, and the way that employees were treated as if you know somehow everyone's doing us a favor uh, by employing us there it was it was quite kind of a disgusting environment and that mm. tainted me a little bit it, it traumatized me uh, for a while I was like you know maybe I shouldn't do design maybe I should just kind of figure something else to do or maybe I should go study architecture but so that was a pretty tough year and a half. But I think um, it was a it was a good learning experience. Now that I now that I think back, and it kind of um, it definitely built up my tolerance for for freelancing, which is what I what I've done for the last uh, four three and a half years now. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, I never want to work at a at a place again if it means that I'm going to be you know uh, subject to people's egos and madness. But um, fortunately, that 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 was on the only place that I've worked that. Um, that was run in that manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, th- that was a particularly uh, tough time. So at the end of that, then, did you decide that that was enough and give your notice and get out of there? Yeah, actually, I I, um, I gave my notice and I was working, uh, to, to be fair, I did work on some cool projects. Like The work was good. So I, I was on the verge. Uh, I was handed the studio's uh, portfolio website as a kind of, this is your thing, just you're going to do it and you're going to see it come to life, which was cool. So I was, I think it was mid-July or late July, I gave my notice that I'd be there until the end of October. So I gave like a fairly generous notice, yeah, about definitely. two, three months. Then I finished that, that project. Um, and then, um, then I went to, I did a backpacking trip in South America, which it sounds very cliche, but it actually does help put things in perspective. And then when I came back from that trip, I um, actually uh, rented a little office in Long Beach and started freelancing. Um, started freelancing there. So that's that was kind of the immediate action <laughs> after, after quitting. Yeah. So where did you go on this backpacking trip? Um, I started in Brazil, which is my hometown, my mm-hmm. home country. I, uh, I went to Argentina, Uruguay, Chile, and uh, back to Brazil and then back to LA. And is this like, like the, the real backpacking, like hostels and the whole deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. Real backpacking, yeah, real backpacking. Yeah, not like you're not backpacking at the Ritz or. No, 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 no. This was not. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have money for that, you know. I, I, yeah. And the nice thing is that we were we were sleeping for you know sixteen dollars a night. You know, it was it was exactly what was um, what was affordable at the time, and it yeah. ended up being a great experience. I, I I quite like hostels. Awesome. Yeah. So, who is a designer or brand that you look up to or closely follow, and what is it about them that you like? Well, I, when you when you ask for influences, I think that the, there are some uh, designers, some designers there that I mentioned lately. I remember when I was in school, I would I would, you know, be obsessed with certain studios and very closely kind of monitoring what they were doing. Lately, I don't feel. Um, strongly attached to a studio anymore like there's no one that i think of that i'm like this is kind of my holy grail mm-hmm. um so i i don't think there's one place that i say you know this this is the the place um 
In terms of brands, let me <laughs> give me a second to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always uh, we did a project for Nike a while back, and I, it was I was quite impressed with how design is taken seriously there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that they set a pretty good bar, and I'm also very kind of passionate about sports. So that's an easy answer to give. Um, but I'd, I'd say that's the kind of the, the extent of, of my answer here. There, there's not any way that I'm like, you know, there, there's this one thing I'm really impressed about, really mm-hmm. obsessing with right now. You know, um, it's interesting that you said uh, Nike, though, because like I'd mentioned, I'm from the commercial print industry. Mm-hmm. And seeing some of the the energy and design and creativity put into some of the um, the custom print pieces that Nike does. Mm-hmm. And this is stuff that's not really even released to the general public. It's for events or anniversaries or, you know, really specific um, product launches that, you know, won't even see yeah. a lot of hands. Um, but the care and attention and design put into those are mm-hmm. it's just incredible. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, uh, Sometimes brands tend to think of, of design as something that has a kind of immediate market return, but a lot of the times it's just a way of building morale and and uh, kind of building a culture. And I think that it's quite important. Uh, I think part part of the reason I'm, I'm kind of uh, you know leaning towards them is that I recently read Phil Knight's book, which talks about the way that Nike started from the very beginning and how they designed the logo and how the name came about. Is that Shoe Dog? Shoe dog. Yeah, I got yeah. about 50 pages left. Oh, it's great. I mean, so then you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's yep. pretty fascinating how, you know, it's, um, I, I think the, the most generally when you, when you tell a brand is doing well and they, they, they're, they, they're authentic to their, to their, to their kind of upbringings, you know, so, um, branding is also a tricky thing to me just because I always question is, is it, is it a genuine kind of effort to, to, to show who you are? Or is it a, exercise in facade making you know so uh, it's, it's hard to it's hard to see a, a brand you know how, how do i know you're just not building this image and so i'm, I'm a little uh I'm, I'm a little um even though i'm in the google brand studio i'm a little uh, skeptical about the notion of branding uh at, at least with how it's kind of portrayed today yep um, so I want to, you told us earlier on about your first gig and how it sort of left a negative mark on you, even though there were some lessons learned there. Mm-hmm. Um, could you take us to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? And what did that feel like? Well, there, there are quite a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, um, uh, let's see. There, I think there's one I, I was asked to design a book, and this was a through a studio, mm-hmm. and it was a 800 page, 800 page collection of uh, memos. It was a financial wow. kind of Wall Street guy. His thing was that every quarter, or every month, or whatever, he would send a memo to his clients, right? So, hey, are you, you know, are, do you have an account with us, or do we manage your portfolio? Then here's a memo about the way we see the market. So. Those were collected over the course of 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, and it was compiled into this 800-page book that I'm, t- that I'm telling you about. Um, the, the, that project, it was, it was fairly simple because everything was pre-formatted, and the, the book was very, uh, it, it was all text. There was no images. There was no mm-hmm. photographs. There was one type of paper. <laughs> there, there's nothing that could literally grow, go wrong with it, but it did. Um, 
because uh, like little things that ended up adding uh, so much stress to the work, right? So um, the, the client insisted on spaces before and after M dashes. My creative director wanted no spaces before the M dashes. So the solution was to add half spaces between M dashes, meaning I had, had to manually go into each thing and set the tracking to like negative 40, which that in itself took like a week. Oh uh, then, um, then uh, I don't know why, but someone asked me to proofread the book to make sure that hyphens were used when hyphens were meant to be used, and n dashes and m dashes and uh, ordinal numbers and all the whole, the whole, the whole deal. So I ended up being a proofreader for the project, but because, first of all, I'm not a proofreader, mm-hmm. and second of all, because it just takes so long, it just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And uh, to this day, I, I actually left the place before the book was finished. But I remember that being such an interesting opportunity to design like a great kind of all textbook, but it ended up being a nightmare because of really because of managerial um, uh, managerial issues or perhaps communication issues too. I think if, if I was more experienced, I'd be mm-hmm. able to be in a position to to kind of you know propose more reasonable things. But because I was just I had just finished school, I was a little you know, they know what's best type of thing. And so that, that went hor- horribly uh, wrong. But I think that that's the one that stands out to me the most. <laughs> you know, I always find it interesting how seemingly the most simple projects can sometimes be the ones that go off the rails the most. Yeah. Yet you could, you know, do some print piece with crazy custom foils and die cuts and weird binding. And it just cruises through and goes fine. Right. Yeah, it's 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 very unpredictable. I I feel like I I've had much more complex projects that just flow very well, and mm-hmm. very uh, simple projects that just kind of don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I got one more question, sort of on the dark side, I guess you could say, before I spin around <laughs> to the happy. Keep them place. coming. I'm wearing black today, so <laughs> I'm well well suited for that. Uh, what are you struggling with in your creative career right now? What am I struggling with? Well, I think I, I mentioned that a little bit. I think um, the notion of branding is, is weird to me, and I think it gets weirder and weirder the more I think about it. So part of it is just thinking, you know, well, there's a supply and there's a demand, and I'm just, you know, fulfilling kind of the demand for branding work. So there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. But I think on a higher kind of purpose uh, level, I do question, is, is this the best use of, um, of talent? Is that, is, that the best, is that the best thing um, designers could be used for, and I, I don't know if I don't know if it is. So I think that's one thing. Uh, certain. The other thing is, um, I, I just, and I'll give an example. I, I just went to a Monet exhibit, and it, it, it talks about how at one point in his career he 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 felt he reached the limit. He's like, I, I've painted everything I can paint given my scenario, given my environment. The next, the next step for him in his mind was, you know, if, if I want to improve my work or if I want to uh, kind of experiment with new things, I need to buy my own house, build my gardens, and create the perfect scenario for me to paint mm-hmm. the things that I want to paint. So he just took it upon himself to create the to create his kind of ambient. And uh, the reason I, the reason that spoke to me and the struggle that I have now is that. He was able to create his own platform. He, he, he didn't need a brand to be his platform. And what I see a lot of today is that designers and artists on the, for, for the 
on the very uh, a vast majority of them, mm-hmm. brand is their platform. If you're an illustrator, you're making brand illustrations. If you're a designer, you're making brand design. If you're a type 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 uh, type foundry, you're making brand typefaces. So it's, it seems to everything kind of go back to to commerce in a way. And maybe this is too bohemian. Maybe this is too uh, too uh, idealistic way of thinking, but. I always question: Is there a way where I, we, to 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 operate as a as a designer without um, the the support or the or without brand being a platform, but more ways to do work that's whether meaningful on a on a personal level or on a community level? I think mm-hmm. those are things that I that I um, that I question quite a bit. Interesting. Yeah. So but that's, that's a very philosophical struggle. Overall, <laughs> I'm pretty happy doing what I do, but it's yeah. just that, that little bit inside of it. So it's like, is this, is there more to, is there more to this, you know? And I think part, part of it is, uh, so many of my projects that, that have kind of yielded me the most pleasure were, were on the personal side. Yeah. Um, which doesn't mean they're profitable at all, <laughs> but they are fun. But the pleasure isn't always tied to profit. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to turn the bus around. What project have you been a part of that you are the most proud of? One that makes your heart sing or the like biggest design feather in your cap? Um, so there, there are a few. I, I think, sadly, when I think about client work that I've done, there are only like a couple that, that, I, that I think back and I'm like, wow, this is... I, I love this, or this. I'm so happy and so proud of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I finished drawing a, a typeface now for. Um, it's a pitch for a Google Brand Studio project that I'm quite happy about. I think it, it was, it was awesome to to be able to design a typeface for that. And I've, I've always wanted to design a kind of a production ready or a ready to see the world font. And I think that this might this might be the one. So I'm quite happy with that. Uh, when I was in college, my one of my graduation projects was this um, sculpture. Like this, uh, it was a giant smartphone that had a mirror instead of a screen. So when you walk up to it, you see yourself. Oh, um, cool. You're kind of you're kind of framed by by this device. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, when I quit my 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 job in LA, I, I did two projects. One was called Workweek. Uh, the URL is workweek.info, and you go there and it tells you uh, how how much of your week are you done with. And in a way, it was a reflection of kind of the fact that I hated that place and I just wanted it to be done. And my friends and I, uh, when we'd commute to work, we'd always be like, you know, it's, it's Wednesday. That means we're 60% done. <laughs> so when you go to the site, it gives you a second-by-second second update of how much left of, of your kind of daily misery <laughs> you have. Uh, I did one called poopontrump.com, and I'm, I, I, I quite dig that one. Uh, you can go in there. You can use all these, like, little poop emojis on, on his face. And then uh, when you when you take a screenshot, it tweets a copy to to Trump. So I thought that was kind of kind of an interesting way of allowing people to protest really? using the plat using it's the platform. Yeah, still up using the platform <laughs> so that he used himself to kind of propel to, to himself to presidency. So yeah. um, that one's quite cool. Poop I mean, I, on Trump dot com. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did a. I, oh, I, actually, I, last year I worked with my comedian friend and former um, newspaper colleague uh, Greg Roquet. 
to design his website, and um, that was really awesome because he's also he's a very intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. He uh, he has so many references. He understands art. He understands comedy. He understands show business. So it was an absolute joy to to work with him on that, and I'm I'm quite happy of that uh, with, with the turnout. Um, yeah, I think those are the ones that come to mind. Yeah, those are great. I love the smartphone one with the mirror. You're walking <laughs> up and just being framed by that. It really gets you thinking. Yeah, I, I moved it to Venice Beach at one point, but they, it was stolen. Like, or either it was stolen or confiscated by the police because I went there three hours after I put it up and it was no longer there. So someone, someone has it that it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with the last question here, what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a hard one. Tool, product, or community. Yeah, tool, product, website, um, or community. Uh, this is probably a, a, a boring answer, but I think the two tools that I like the most is um, uh, Google Docs mm-hmm. and uh, the Bear app, which are just kind of very, not necessarily on the design side, but it's just more how I organize my day. That's how I organize my, uh, my, my life in certain ways. and. Mm-hmm. Um, I use those quite extensively to make sure that everything that I that I'm doing is is on track and it makes sense. And uh, those tools to me seem to be the kind of the indispensable ones. I mean, yeah. there's there's of course like the Adobe Suite and and, mm-hmm. and all that, but um, Stack Overflow and GitHub are pretty good whenever I'm coding. But um, yeah, I, I'd say it's a, those two are are the what come to mind. Tell me about the Bear app. I haven't heard of that one. Oh, it's just a note-taking app like Evernote or yeah. uh, or Alternote or whatever. Um, but it just seems to me to be so much simpler, and you can organize everything with these tags. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's pretty cool. I, I that's I used to use Evernote, but then I always had issues with syncing and, and whatever. So I switched to this Bear app, and it seemed to solve my problem. So so is that um, Bear like the animal? B E A R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah, the animal space app. It's the logo is like a like a polar bear in a red background. Got it. So, but I'd say those are my uh, best friends, computer wise. That's great, Gabe. You did it. Thank you so much for your time today on the Quickie Podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Finally, we got to connect. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hang on the line, just. A All right. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really, truly do appreciate your time in listening to this podcast. Um, Please take a second to head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating for the show. It's great. It helps the show get noticed more. It puts us in touch with great designers, great illustrators, and just gets us that much more known. So I would really appreciate your time doing that. Thank you very much. Have a great day.